Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that means? You are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. And um, this time you will not have to listen to me say the prayer. We'll, we actually have Stephanie here today. So, uh, Stephanie. Good morning. Go good morning. morning. All right. It's a great day in the neighborhood. It's a great beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> Stephanie Cashin is here. Yes. I'm in the house. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God. From you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All so right. Sweet. Yeah, no. Glad that, glad that you're here. I know. I'm um, glad to be here. So, so I found this article, and I, I thought I was always, it's always been one of those stories from the Bible that was perplexing to a little bit extent. It's when... Jonah being swallowed by the whale. <laughs> that that one too. <laughs> In the New Testament. Elijah being taken up into heaven on a chariot. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's, it's when Jesus ends up left behind uh, in Jerusalem and they get... Oh, so as par- are there as, any problems with that As one? parents go. But, uh, but anyway, I you found... You make it a habit of leaving your children. <laughs> it seems pretty normal standard operating procedure to me. Got it. Uh, and I can remember getting a phone call as we were leaving someplace going, hey, you missing anybody? And like, everybody sound off. And, oh, wow, Kingsley's not here. <laughs> I will say that with the, new, with the new baby, you know, that we have the sixth child, the new baby. I mean, we have had more of the, okay, let's everyone sound off or, you know, count. <laughs> count. Michael, Anna Claire, yes. Okay, we got everybody. Okay. I used to do, I used to always buddy? be able to do, do I mean, any... You got one, I got five, you know, yeah. <laughs> to always get to six mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But I do remember <laughs> in a hurry, somebody said, well, we got her. I mean, we were going from <laughs> church to somewhere and they said, okay, well, we <laughs> we, we got Kingsley. But, uh, and we had driven off, so good parents, but, but. Uh, good, good friends. Good friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good community. <laughs> yes, good friends, good family. And I think that's what's, what's going on here. Um this this article by Becky Roach and it's in it's on catholiclink.org um it's seven tips that she learns and kind of uses this story um to help with parenting and i thought it was there were some really good points um well, i think gonna, it's such a good example too of how you can take anything from the bible and just yes. really ponder and chew on it and and reflect on lessons for you know for you your family I, I mean it, it's just I don't and I don't do that well I, I, sadly I, I yeah. want to be better at it but I, I think I'm it's just, not yeah. A, yeah I know I probably don't practice yeah. I, I can't it's you know I, I can't quit talking <laughs> <laughs> poor yeah. God's probably like really just <laughs> just, <laughs> just be quiet silence is golden stuff <laughs> I'm like but, but, but I but I think it's you know I'm gonna I'll read this because she highlighted a few, and I'll just point out the, the things, and then I think she extracts ideas from from this. And I, it, it is, in addition to the 
points that she makes, it is a good exercise in kind of looking at something and 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 asking for the Holy Spirit to to kind of open up what is this saying to me where I am. Um, so that's a little. Yeah, she's got some great questions. Yeah, she's got some great of, questions yeah, at each yeah, one. So, though, so this is from point. Luke at the beginning of Luke. So each year, Jesus' parents uh, went to Jerusalem for the feast, the feast of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem. And this is highlighted, but his parents did not know it. Thinking, of, thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances, but, did, but not finding him. They returned to Jerusalem to look for him. Just an aside. Cell phones are great for this. But, <laughs> but, but after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he had said to them. What he said to them, he went down. I'm sorry, but they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. I was double checking this because I wasn't positive, but it's only in Luke that this story appears. And so that's, that's another, that's a part that's of the an, point. That, that's part of what makes it make scholars believe that Luke's gospel, that and, he talked to Mary, that he got and what's, stories from her, right? This is one of the, one of the points that we'll, yeah. that we'll get to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, cool. she, yeah. she talks so, about, I didn't the, read the no, article no, no, yet. No, 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 that's, I don't, she doesn't, she doesn't really point this. She doesn't point it out. She takes that, which is a good point uh, uh, that she's telling the story. And, Anyway, we'll get to that. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. So, but but yeah, she doesn't so you say. You didn't even need to read it. You're just so on it. That you're on it. You're on it. <laughs> or not on it. Off it. So, off my rocker. So, so this is seven tips I learned when Mary and Joseph Joseph lost Jesus. <laughs> a, Can I make another funny time. aside before we really <laughs> yeah, get into it? Yeah. You know, she, the author, has six children. The Holy Family was Mary and Joseph. They had one child. Right. Th- and, the, and we know from other parts of the gospel that those people in Nazareth were pretty ornery, you know? Do you think that like, they got back to Nazareth and the people were saying, hey, I have a family of 10 children. You, you can't keep track of one kid? <laughs> of course. <laughs> one kid. Exactly. So, See, and uh, that's when I tell those mothers that, you know, that like I, I'll, you know, when yeah, it was just when, when the kids were younger and they were like, Oh my gosh, I cannot complain. I just have two and you have six. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all relative. I mean, do you remember how mm-hmm. hard one was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, one was so hard and then two was so hard. And then, and and then three, after three, three. <laughs> yeah, then after right. three, you're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> zone, we're running quarters coverage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so these are, that's a great aside. Uh, Seven tips on parenting I learned when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. And this is at Becky Roach. Um, So the first one is uh, every parent worries. And I I mean, you know, that's That's pretty much there. Understatement of the year. (laughs) So it's and it says that Mary uh, and Joseph felt great anxiety. That's actually straight from from Scripture. And and her her point is that thoughts actually comforting mm-hmm. you know not only is it normal to worry mm-hmm. um the most wonderful set of parents in all history the earthly parents of the living god experienced this type of emotion um and they said there's a hel- healthy amount of anxiety that we can have about parenting and this work this worrying keeps us diligent and on task and i think oh, yeah, that, that's good that, mm-hmm. that there is there is so all worry it's not not necessarily a sin because we know we know Mary was sinless, so for her to have some anxiety, some anxiousness, and of course Jesus, you know, <laughs> in the garden suffered a great deal of, that's, I think it's a human emotion, so to have that anxiousness is kind of what, what, what you do with it. It's comforting to know that that's by itself, 
all things being equal is not by itself that. But you can get over the top anxious. I mean, you can get to you can get you can get to an anxiousness that is. And I've that's one of my problems. I mean, I I I worry too much and um, probably don't pray enough. Um, yep, me too. You know, um, because I think part of that is kind of um, feeling like I've got to be in control. And I, and I know for me, as the kids have gotten older, you know, they go out and I remember being their age and I remember the kind of stuff that I live through that I can even look back and go, man, I was lucky to not <laughs> have a problem with that. And, um, and so I think there's that. So we need to use the anxiousness, I think as a guide to, okay, let's do what we can do. My grandfather used to say, don't ever worry. Don't ever worry. You got, when you, when you feel worry, you should do two things. One, do what you can do to help the situation you're worried about. I mean, in other words, do that. Then pray about what you can't and then let the worry go. And I, I mean, it's easier said than done, but I can remember my grandfather saying that because, because if you can't control it, you can't do anything about it. There's no sense wasting emotional stress on it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if you can do something about it, then go do it. I mean, whatever it is. So, um, Anyway, with 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 our kids, I mean, it's they're out too late. They're down at Northgate, or they're somewhere else, and we don't know where they are. They're, you know, nowadays the blessing and the curse of find my friends is take it off his phone. You know where they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah well, you know. And Mary and Joseph were losing their child in the temple. You all are losing your yeah. kids. Well, and, and sometimes even sketchy places, the lake or whatever. But I mean, but at the same time, you know they they were anxious so that is something that at least is taught you know as okay that anxiety is not sinful to the extent that it allows you to do something so when they found out i guess you know they turned around and went back but um <laughs> they did what they could do they did what they could do <laughs> right yeah um, and i think that's a i think you know that's a good point is to turn our anxiety into a prayer i mean the things right. that we worry about um you know, to, to try to lay that at the feet of Jesus. I was, um, my little book club's reading this book and, and she kind of gave this visual of taking not only probably stuff you worry about, but stuff that, you know, even that, you know, sins or things that you, you know, that you're struggling with and to envision like just slamming it on the cross, you know, like just putting it on the, like just really, you know, yeah, giving it, I mean, just like, really giving it to Jesus, you know, and I, you know, I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, some people have prayer boxes. I know we, we had a little prayer box, you know, that the kids always had a little scraps of paper and right. they could put their prayers in the prayer box. I think it's wonderful to keep track of prayers. Yes. Um, and I always date them cause I love to see, you know, like, and then I kind of every once in a while we'll go back and look at the prayers that I've written down, and I'm like, oh wait, this one, this one's good, this one's done. Check, <laughs> check. <laughs> you know, it, it's just fun, and it's fun to see how God answers them. I mean, you know, sometimes we wish He would answer them differently, but yeah, quicker we do or know our, in, in the way that we yeah, wanted. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I I think it is good, and it's good to go back and thank, be thankful, thank Him, but also <laughs> to remind your kids. Hey, look, you know, this took this long. It didn't happen immediately, but, mm-hmm. but he was working these things out and to the extent that we're able to do that. So to be anxious. I, I want to say, say also that um, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're anxious in this passage about losing Jesus, right? And I, they lost him physically. But I think a lot mm-hmm. of parents yeah. worry about, I know I do, mm-hmm. losing our kids, losing our kids hearts, losing our kids psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, worrying about that that's going to happen, that Mm -hmm. that's in our future. Mm -hmm. And so to know that, that the Holy family understands that Mary and Joseph understand that on a human level of that worry about losing what's so precious to you, your children, that should give us a great deal of confidence to turn to them in prayer. 
mm-hmm. for that and Absolutely. to give that to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. That they'd give it to their son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and her question for this for this particular um, point was what causes you to be most anxious at a pa- as a parent and, you know, take a moment and, and give it to Jesus. Yeah, I, think that's good. I think it's a good exercise. <clears throat> I mean, to, to kind of think about that because where, whatever that is, is, um, is something that's on your heart and mm-hmm. to turn that over and mm-hmm. go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, the first one is every parent worries check. Uh, <laughs> number two, pretty obvious too mistakes happen and she says that mary was without sin but she still made an innocent mistake as a parent though the times were different then mary and joseph probably should have checked in you know with jesus or whoever they thought was responsible for him before leaving jerusalem you know you you guess i'm not gonna call our lady (laughs) into question (laughs) but but i mean it's interesting to think or saying joseph pretty bold call there like i'm I'm questioning her parenting skills i'm I'm reading (laughs) Uh, but it wasn't a sin. It was rather an accident or a miscommunication of some kind. You know, I mean, he's old enough at 12 at at that time. You know, we think of a 12-year-old as what, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. I mean, then, I mean. 12 years old is a lot more responsible. Yeah. A lot more responsible. So it's not like, you know, this probably in our day and age might be like leaving a 17-year-old or 16-year-old and I'm not too worried about him. Mm, in our day and age, probably more like <laughs> leaving maybe a 30-year-old behind. 30, right. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but she's, but she goes on to say, we make mistakes as parents all the time in the chaos and business life. We forget appointments, misplace important papers, or even leave a child behind. So check, check, check for Trey. <laughs> chiggity, chiggity, check, check. That's right. So learn from Mary and Joseph. Don't beat yourselves up over the mistakes. Apologize and do whatever is necessary to make things right and don't dwell on it. So um, show yourself mercy by expect by not expecting perfection at all times. And I think that perfection can be mm. problematic because mm. I think if you become an intentional parent, um, you're dealing with human beings in a in, in a world that you don't have control over for the most part. And so I do think that that idea, particularly if you're working on it, particularly if you're like, I'm trying to be the best parent I can be, you can kind of expect perfection out of yourself and even expect a perfection because I'm doing the right thing and you, and the kids should be responding that way. Mm-hmm. And so mistakes happen. Um, and I think it's important to just recognize, do that. I, that's why I always love going to confession with now Bishop Father B- Bishop David. You know, for years was kind of, I mean, he wouldn't call me, his, I wouldn't, he wouldn't let me call him my spiritual director. But we met monthly, and he would always, you know, Trey, you know, kids are resilient. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, you you you'd have a hard time for somebody that's trying. You made a mistake. You corrected them on in an unkind you know unkind manner or whatever you did they're going to be fine you know well and and i just think that communication you know um i I know we've talked about this you know so many times about um you know being real with kids when we've mishandled something and uh, you know i don't i don't think that was in my parents toolkit i mean I, i think they were of that generation of no mistakes, you know, you don't make, you don't, you know, we're authoritarian, we're the authority. We don't, you know, there was never any of that dialogue. I think that we've tried to have, um, you know, with our kids in terms of, you know, could I handle that better? Maybe, you know, and, and apologizing, asking for forgiveness and just keeping, you know, I mean, uh, I always go back to the story when, you know, I was so frustrated at one point that, you know, we were doing all the things that, you know, we were doing everything. I felt like we were doing everything right. And the kids, you know, they, why aren't they better behaved or whatever? And you finally were like, uh, God couldn't even get his own kids to behave. Who do you think you are? You know? right. And it's like, wow, that's true. But what did God keep doing despite that pursuing, you right. know? And I mean, it's, you know, just this, oh, this, just this cyclical, you know, over and over and over again, you know, um, pursuit of, of, of excellence and, and, but that open communication and love and forgiveness and mercy and yeah, all those all things, things. Are, <laughs> that come from that. And that's where it gives, you get, you're given the opportunity to do that. 
And I think it's so important to remember, I mean, you're not perfect. Your children aren't perfect, nor are you ever going to be. You may have shining moments and then you're going to have some that you're um, embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. Um, But the answer is, is to always be real with your kids. So if you make a mistake, we say this all the time, there's nothing wrong with a parent going to a child and saying, I mishandled that. And then I think for teaching, as always, when you say that, I think it's important to kind of name it and claim it. Like, this is what I did that was not handled well. I didn't listen to you, and I raised my voice, and I was mean to you without allowing you to respond. I mean, specifically as you can. I said this. What I should have said is this. And then when you're when you're in the process of, of asking for forgiveness— you're both showing them that it, that the stuff that you ask for forgiveness for are not general in nature. They're specific. This is something that hurts you that I shouldn't have done. And now I'm naming it and claiming it. Will you please forgive me? And ended like that. And so you're being both a good example and you're actually, by your example, showing them what a good confession is like, what it what it what is necessary for doing it. You just don't say, I'm sorry. I mean, you need to say, I, I did this. Because it's important, as we've said before also, for them to be able to say, okay, I'm sorry, for what? And then name it. And if they don't name it correctly, which sometimes happens, sorry for throwing the ball back at the house <laughs> and it going through the window. That that was an accident. I know you didn't mean to do that. What, 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 what you should be apologizing for is that I went out there and told you not to throw the ball this direction. <laughs> It should be parallel to the house, not perpendicular. And so that's all; those are all good things for doing that. But but when you make a mistake, just yeah. go with it. And so, so the good question that she has here is, when have you failed to show yourself mercy? So think about the times that maybe you're still beating yourself up as a parent for something and ask for God's help and healing in yeah. those areas of your parenting. And maybe part of that is going to your child, you know, um, or your right. spouse. <laughs> right. And this is the next one that kind of speaks to what, what we started off with. with oh, okay. About this one. Okay. Kind of okay. Nice, so, nice, nice, nice. It, it, so it's, it's more important to honor God than to worry about your reputation as a parent. <laughs> and and this is, I mean, I thought this was yeah. very insightful. Oh, know? and I think, I, I mean, it, it, if she, anybody she, says they're not guilty of that, they're not yeah, No, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, those are not, it yeah. says, and so uh, the lady, Miss Roach says, if this event had, had happened in today's <laughs> world, can you imagine what the news and social media would have been saying? <laughs> I mean, neglectful parents leave a child behind for three days. I'm sure that people were talking yes. about Twitter what happened. Twitter would have happened. blown up. I'm, yeah. I'm, sure that, I'm sure that people were talking about what happened with Jesus even back then. <laughs> they may have even thought Jesus was a troublemaker or a problem child or that Mary and Joseph should have been a bit more diligent. Yeah. And then this is our highlight. For Mary to share this story <laughs> or to allow it to be shared with the gospel writers or with Luke would have taken some courage and some humility. The miracle that she, you know, yeah, it's she, he had to get that story from someone who was there. And in, like you said, most people believe that he probably had talked to our lady Mm -hmm. and that she had kind of said this. Um, anyway, this lady goes on and say, I know that I would not want my parenting mishaps to be written down in the most widely read book of all time for all generations. <laughs> but Mary knew that there was more at stake here, uh, at stake than her title of supermom. She understood that import- the importance of this event in the life of Jesus was more important than when people might think of her as a mother. And I do think, as a mother or father, you can get caught up. I can remember feeling that way. You do a show like this. I mean, it's funny. I mean, we try to we try to say, look, we make a lot of mistakes. We make mistakes today as parents, but we've made mistakes throughout all time. Just because we're up here, we, that's why we've always said we're not experts. We're certainly not perfect. We're veterans, and we're veterans through the mistakes that we've made. So, well, like we always you know, tell, you know, we always tell the kids, it's like what the worst mistake you make is the one you don't learn from. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you keep yeah. doing it over and over, that's not, you know, that's the worst mistake you can make. Right. But but <laughs> she, she did share this and it's to, to honor God because it kind of, it, it, 
it was tied with, you know, she could have just skipped the whole thing and just said, yeah, we were wandering around, you know, going to get some popcorn or whatever and left Jesus in the temple with these people and, you know, came back and found him doing that. I mean, you can think about all the ways that the story could have gotten the point about about him without without the details of, oops, you know, the Messiah, son of God, misplaced him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, but but I but I think that it that it is important to remember that that number one, our reputation is really to a certain extent meaningless when put in the context of we're meant to raise our children, right? And so even if our and I'm not talking about here specifically Jesus, and this is just in general. Our focus should be on what's in the best interest of the child, what's what's the right thing to do. So if they do something that might embarrass you or you accidentally allow something that might embarrass you, that we that we focus on what can I as a parent learn from this and what can what does my child need to learn from this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event instead of, well, you embarrassed me or some of the things that might come out of <laughs> out of my mouth at least, you know, you embarrassed our name or whatever instead of, instead of in love um, saying, you know, that, that hurt or that was not, but here's what we can learn from it and how we're going to change going forward. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it just shows the nature of a family, you know? Right. I mean, it, it just um, highlights that, I mean, there are mistakes in families and, and, um, and even accidental mistakes yeah. that, that aren't that aren't that, yeah. that might lead to some embarrassment. Like I said, I mean, I just for example, for leaving you know leaving Kingsley behind that one time. I mean, thank God it was there were friends there who who had it, but it would have been really embarrassing. Had it been, been scary. Had it been <laughs> and, and scary if yeah. we didn't have somebody and we get to where we're going and unload the car and like, where's Kingsley? I mean, uh-huh. Kingsley, she did. She was probably. I mean, she was young, yeah. right? Five or six. Four, yeah, four, five, six. Four, or five, yeah. six. You know, yeah, still you know. young. Yeah. So, but, you know, yeah. Um, well, and I think too, in this day and age of, um, oh, I always get on my social media soapbox, but I can't imagine being a mom in this day and age raising kids, and because you know, there's nothing that you know, not many people share their mistakes on Facebook, you know, and rightly so. I mean, you know, but I think that. You can get caught up in the perfection of people's lives. That's just not reality. You that know? too, yeah. yeah. Not everybody's yeah. got it perfect. And I think the the question here. You can go ahead and read that yeah. question that yeah. you left because I, I have something that I think is worth. Okay. Are we? About. And so the question for this point of um, of mistakes, you know, it's more important to honor our honor God than worry about our reputations as a parent. Is are we willing to do the same? Are we willing to do? what God asks of us, even though others might gossip about our parenting decisions. Right. And so uh, that, that brings me to, to a situation I remember happening where we had gone, where our daughter older had just started from homeschooling into school was there and then came home and said, this boy likes me. Mm. And, you know, he's going to ask me to, whatever you call it at that, you know, eighth or ninth grade, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, it was going steady back in my day, but I'm sure that's Mm -hmm. not it today. Mm -hmm. But, but I remember, and you know, our initial response was probably not, but let's talk about it. And then we went and talked to Father David, um, Bishop David Condorla. And he said, well, you can say no and just do that. Or you can take up the cross with her. Um, and so I remember people saying, "What are you doing, good Catholic parent, allowing her?" And it was talking with it was talking with Father David, and he said, "And so we managed that relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. it was always had to be, you know, at our house with certain people around and those type of things." And so yeah, and we just tried to take, kind of identify and, li- and help her walk through what it looked like to have a healthy, like healthy boundaries, and you know safe, you know, safety, purity. I mean, you know, all the things. things. Yeah. And that's, and that was, and that was, I do remember some people kind of giving us a hard time for 
allowing that, we we did seek advice and and thought it ended up being actually a positive. I mean, a positive experience, um, even though it was a lot more work than no yeah. would have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, no would have been no really would have been easy. so easy. But uh, <laughs> well, maybe not. But. <laughs> it, may, it may not have been. But but it certainly from our end would have been. But he was. But I. But I. But sometimes you got to make decisions based on the on the child. Mm-hmm. And based on the situation and seeking guidance that maybe some people might question your decision. And are you willing to do what you, th- what you think God wants to do, even if that decision might run afoul of people who like, I can't believe you, you know, y'all with your radio show. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have it then, but anyway. <laughs> um, so first one was, that was number- yeah, that's number three. No, oh, yeah. Number three was to honor God. Yeah. Um, and not worry about your reputation. Number two is mistakes happen. Number one was every parent worries. And number four is listen to your children. And that's really, I mean, that's a hard one to do sometimes. So yeah, because I can tell, yeah, I can tell you what if if my kid would have turned around, don't you know? I I can just like, of course, maybe he didn't say it with a (laughs) bad inflection. That's how that's how I'm hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) You have your other other another aspect of this gospel that struck me was how Mary and Joseph responded when they had finally found Jesus in the temple. This is her speaking. Trust me, if my child, if my son wandered from where he was supposed to be and I was searching for him for three long days, I would not have responded in a gentle and loving way. The whole town would have been able to hear my response. (laughs) But Mary and Joseph ask Jesus to explain before they start yelling at him. And, you know, I want to remember this in my own life is what she's saying. And this is what she highlights before responding in anger Take a moment to let your children speak and really listen to them. You know, sometimes as is the case of Jesus, this is, there is a good reason for their behavior that might not first, that might first appear to be disobedient. And I think that's so critical Mm, in anything because, you know, there's always, we used to always say, do you have any like additional information you'd like to give us? (laughs) We used to joke, I mean, but but before before we respond, you know, and you know the typical, what were you thinking? <laughs> right, <No>. right. <laughs> I just want to I want to understand what you were thinking. Um, but I, but but they did they did respond, you know, um, and I think they're what they said. You know, why have you done this to us? You know, we've been searching for you with great anxiety. So express it, ask the question, and then sit back and listen. Um, Really hard when you're angry. <laughs> it's very hard. I mean, obviously, I, she. Yeah. We would have been. I mean, I would have been a lot more. I would have been. It would have been relief followed by anger. Right. Yes. It would have been. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but then it would have been. Then it would have been once everything was fine. Like, yeah. what? What the heck were you thinking? Yeah. You know. Well, uh, and I, and I think too, there's probably a difference between the first offense. <laughs> Right. And a third, fourth, fifth offense, you know, right. that if we could handle that first offense in that manner and really, I mean, there, there's such a, there's such um, opportunity for dialogue about, you know, so how, how could we have done this differently or how, you know, what do you think you could have done, um, you know, so that we wouldn't have worried or, you know, I mean, and really kind of ask questions and get the child to walk through, you know, cause it. 12 or 13. I mean, obviously at two, (laughs) it's a little harder, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, as they get older, um, because you know, we're not going to be involved in every situation, um, that's going to present itself to them. And so, I mean, I think that's a great skill to give kids to like, Hey, how about you think, (laughs) let's let's teach them to think before they act or, you know, do. But I, but I think, and, but creating that culture where, where the initial response is not angry, where where it's like, okay, I, I really want to understand why <laughs> you chose to do this or what you were doing. And I think that it's important to be known for somebody who's listening and their first response. I'm I'm not saying that I've been really successful at that, but I am saying to the extent that I have allowed them to explain yeah. what they were thinking. It's always a better outcome. It's always a better outcome because mm-hmm. frequently there is additional information. And oftentimes 
I may have leaped to this is what they were doing and this is why they were doing it when in fact that was not their reasoning and what they were thinking mitigates well maybe not what it changes your okay well that was a kind-hearted reason for doing that now shouldn't have done it <laughs> but but i can see why you might have thought that was a good thing to do well and just you know going straight to anger i mean that puts everybody on the defensive and it shuts yeah. everything it's down. never productive right yeah, and, and again you want to be I think, you know, we talk about wanting to be known for yeses. We all also want to be known for people who will will dialogue and listen before. Yeah, show our kids sure. respect and dignity that, you know, that we expect right. as well, you know. Yeah. So her question is, how can we better listen to our children? How can we better listen? Yeah, hmm. I'll just say for myself that that's something that I definitely need to work on as a parent is. Yeah, I think we all. Listening. Do. Not, not uh, starting from a place of suspicion, mm-hmm. exactly. But yeah. just starting from a place of maybe knowledge. Like I just want to know mm-hmm. why are you doing this or why did you do that, mm-hmm. right? And then let the hopefully let the facts speak for themselves. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the, your children, your child is going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. right? And and then only um, escalate. Right. As necessary and mm-hmm. escalate in um, small, small steps. Don't right. don't go to mm-hmm. to 10 right away. Right. And, well, I, and if they can trust, you know, then that builds trust. And, yep. uh, you know, and you're more likely to get the truth if I mean, you know, you go that way. That's, if, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not the easiest thing to do, but I do think it 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 builds on it. And, and I think Stephanie made a good point that I would just reiterate. Also look at is this offense number one or is this you know yeah. offense 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> on how you respond as well you know never has happened before made you know that's the initial process you know I, I think I'm disappointed in you <laughs> so I'd really like to understand because that's not really your character and I trust you and so looks like you made a bad choice here but can you maybe help me understand that's how I'd like to handle it. I'm not saying that's how I have handled it, but but I think that's a bad. And the thing. listening also has to be um, weighed in the balance against their age, their maturity, Absolutely. the oh. what actually it is that we're exactly you know, whatever see, that we saw with our own lying and, eyes. And so and so in that in that type, if you start that early on, it, it 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 tends to help build that so that when later things happen. There might be a little bit more. Yeah. But I will uh, go on record. I mean, that is definitely something that I need to yes. do a better oh, job yeah. of. Me too. I think we all could. Yeah. We all could. Yeah. Number five, and this is really interesting. Give your children the freedom to be the person God created them to be, even when you might not understand. Hmm. And so, so you know, the scripture says that Mary and Joseph listened to what Jesus said, but they didn't fully understand there are many times we don't understand the choices our children make our job is not to make these choices for them but to give them all the tools they need to make decisions that honor god we cannot we can't make artists into athletes or force our love of music on our children and this is the highlighted we need to allow kids to develop the gifts and talents given given to them by god not the ones that we want them to possess and I think that is really an important thing to let them know, you know, and, and that's part of the, you know, the American Idol thing was to say, we have to help them discover or uncover or allow them to be able to uncover their gifts and talents. And so sometimes that's allowing them to go into something that they think they might like and that they're not gifted at and then learn failure at that point, but always go back to, you know, God has a plan for your life. You have gifts and talents. There's things that you want to become who God created you to be, which that, that quote always makes me remember of St. Catherine of Siena, who we just celebrated her feast day, not too long ago, mm-hmm. a few days back. And, you know, her thing is if you become who God created you to be, you will set the world on fire. So we as parents need to need to think, okay, our child, we start with the presupposition. Our child's on this planet at this time, at this moment in our family. 
because God has something for them to do. That should give us some level of excitement, maybe a little bit of scare, you know, a little bit of fear. <laughs> but and that our job as stewards of those children, their gifts to us, is to try to help them uncover. So part of that is letting them go try something and then you know, recommend, you know, hey, you need a little bit of work on this, let's try that. But always be saying we're we're trying to help you figure out the gifts and talents that God has given you so that you can go out and do what he's created you to do going forward. So beautiful too. I mean, we, you know, kind of have kind of, we'll kind of have two that, you know, are out of the house and, and working now and, and just so passionate and love what they do. And it's so fun to see, you know, I mean, Trevor is in such a detail oriented job and he was such a detail oriented kid, you know, and right. um, just had to have everything lined up and in row and, you know, and, and it's just funny how that has kind of played out into his business when he's so successful at, at, at what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's gotten in with a great, you know, a great bank and he's just doing things leaps and bounds. And then I was able to be with Madison this weekend and, you know, she's danced till when, when she started dancing from when she was two years old and um, it was their um, their end of the year banquet. It's kind of a mother daughter thing. So she invited me to come with her and just to sit there and see all these girls and all these mothers come up to her time after time and just so happy that she's, you know, at their school and how she's poured into these girls and, um, you know, they're, you know, just they're just talking about what a blessing she was and in. Um, you know, in, in their lives. And it's just uh, so cool. <laughs> it is. So beautiful. And, 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 and there are things that if, you, if you're paying attention when they're younger, it's amazing to see the things that they, ha- you know, they, that, that transfers into mm-hmm. what they become late, mm-hmm. later on. I mean, uh, all the gifts and talents of the ones that have come out, I can tie back to when from a very young age. So, um, yeah. I think there was a, this one. I think is worth worth reading. It says uh, this. She's quoting from somebody, at Divine Mercy University. It's a Catholic graduate school for psychology and counseling. And and I'm just read part of it. it. Says as parents, we must encourage our children to become the architects of their own character I loved building. That. Yeah. By giving them the healthy home environment to practice virtue and opening the home to experience the world around them. What I hear, and I think it's important, we have to manage it. But we don't want to like completely want to control it. Control yeah. the environment to the to the extent that they don't get to experience things that happen. And sometimes it's things you, you may not want <laughs> necessarily want, but but the reality is, if you're going to send them out into the world, so like for us, uh, you know, I, I'll speak for Stephanie, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, but. But I mean, we homeschooled, and there's—I'm not saying there's a formula. This we homeschooled up until sixth or seventh grade. Our reasoning as parents, and that's why it's important for you to have a reason. We were intentionally said we're going to put them into school, and this was our reasoning. Our reasoning was we're going to put them into school so that when they are confronted with things that they almost certainly are going to be confronted with in college, or at least versions of it. That they can come home to us, having been grounded in in being raised in you know the true good and the beautiful to the best of our ability. That now they're going to go, but they're going to be able to come home to us and say, "Well, this happened, or that happened, or I'm seeing this." You know, um, so many different things that that occur, and so we send them out. They come back. We have a good enough relationship where they bring up. Well, this happened. You know, a girl says to to my daughter, I like you in something more than like I'm a friend. You know, stuff that I never would have thought of. <laughs> I mean, would not have trained her for, but we had to deal with with that. I'm not going to go into that, but I mean, it's stuff like that, that if you shelter them for too long and you throw them out into the world, the world is not going to shelter them. So you have to manage it. I'm not just saying just throw them out there. I'm I'm just saying that as best as you can manage that but allow them to go out in the world and begin to develop the character through those things. So yep. and her question for this point um is what are some of the gifts God has given your children? 
and how do they differ from your own? And how can you encourage your children to use and grow their talents? And, and that's, I think the end of that is make sure that they understand God has a plan for their life and that these gifts and talents that they have are for the sake of sharing with this world. You're going to do something that only you can do. I think mm-hmm. you, that needs to be reiterated over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So number six after that is require obedience from your children. Um, though we listen to our children and we lead them to help, you know, help them make good choices, we also must require obedience. And then she quotes from Scripture. He, speaking of Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Jesus might have enjoyed staying in Jerusalem in the temple, but he was obedient to his parents. We expect and require our children to be obedient. Teaching them to obey us helps them learn to obey God. So that's a nice, like, balance as a as is a good Catholic way of looking at it. It's both and. We want to help them discover it. We want to give them the freedom to do those things. That's why I'm saying don't make everything obedience. I mean, don't make it all obedience. Encourage them to try things. Try to say yes when it's pause instead of no. But when you say no, expect it to be yes, mom, yes, dad. But if that's all you do is orchestrate and control and and manage and you don't have – you haven't communicated to them that we're stewards of your life and so we're trying to set limits where they need to be set, but we want you to go out into this world as you go, that funnel that we've talked about before, ever-broadening freedom, then they will, in many cases, grow weary of the – Always knows. We always just said we need to try to find two yeses for every no that we can say. So Oof, that's, that's, I know. that's hard. Way behind knows, that in knows, my house. Way, no, way, way behind. No is really easy. Maybe, Maybe there's a lot of listening no's. to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, but, I, but I do think that, that we want to be characterized as somebody who's trying to, that you can look at them in the eye and say, I'm, I'm trying to work with you on this. But on this particular thing, it's no. But you're making it incredibly <laughs> hard for me to work with you. Yeah. So yes, was there no, a question? No, no should mean uh, no. <laughs> um, yes. Do, do your children lack obedience? How can you help your children to obey? We could probably do a whole show on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> <but> <laughs> how to and, and how not to. Um, <laughs> it's probably unreasonable to expect that your child is going to obey every 100%. single time you ask them to do something. 100%. So when you're when you're kind of evaluating that, do your children lack obedience? We have to remember that that's um, we, we we have to be yeah reasonable expectations. Exactly. Well, and because it's 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 a it's a journey. Yeah. It's not yeah. a it's not a sprint. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's you know, it's a long race. They get off the, that's and why so the, the rails think, are there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where I think that's where I kind of got into trouble as a parent, kind of legalistically, okay, wait, we've we've done this before. Like right. hello. Right, right. <laughs> you need to you, you know need to obey. And and so yeah. you're right. They're not always gonna yes. obey and we need to expect that. Yeah. Right? Why? Because God himself has yes. children that he loved that didn't obey him. They're going to take two steps forward and one step backward exactly. because so we a, take two steps forward and one step backward. Exactly. We're watching ourselves almost in a sacramental way. Sometimes I mean, we take one a, step forward and two sigh. steps back. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so do be merciful in that. And then the yes. last one is the one that sums it all up yes. and is Thank so you, important Jesus. to remember. God is sovereign. He's in charge, mm. all right? So with all That's this stuff that you're doing and trying to do, the and it's the last one, but it really should be the first one in terms of <laughs> our thing. He's sovereign. We're just working with him in this situation. So, you know, when Mary and Joseph could not find Jesus, God knew exactly where he was <laughs> and what he was doing. God cares for and watches over and protects our children when we can't be near them. We must remember and trust that our God sees all and loves all at all times. Nothing and no one is hidden from him. There is no place too far for our children to run from him and no sin too deep for him to show his mercy. So when we entrust our children to God in the same way that Mary and Joseph did, we will not fail. That's hard to believe, but I think it is true. Mm -hmm. If we entrust them and then we do the best we can with all the mistakes that are going to happen, with all the mistakes our children are going to make, but we ultimately have entrusted it all to God. He knows we're not perfect. He knows they're not perfect. 
it's our working all those things together and allowing him to work all those things together with all our problems out for the good. He will not fail. And that's the place to start and the place to finish Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as long as we cooperate with them. Mm -hmm. Which means we need to be in relationship with him. We need to, you know, have that strong prayer life, um, that hopefully openness to the Holy Spirit during the day of what, what we're supposed to be learning, what we're supposed to be imparting to our children, you know, I mean, they need to hear what, 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 what should we allow them to do? What should we not? Is this okay? It's a little borderline, but you know, I'm going to try to say yes and then just entrust him. But but I do think, does God want you to raise children to be who they're created to be? 100%. Are you praying that you raise them that way? 100%. Are you going to make mistakes and as your child going to make? 100%. All those things together, we know that he's going to work it out for their good if we just stay on track. Amen. And the question for... This point seven, um, do you trust in God's loving care for your children? And do you pray for your children daily? It has daily. to be. Daily, I know. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you have you, we really have to um, realize that ultimately they're yeah. the gift to us and he needs yeah. to. And we need to ask out. our children, is there things that I can pray for you? Yeah, that's for, really good. You know? That's excellent. Um, yeah, I've been kind of trying to check in with my kids, especially now that they're not home and I don't see them every day. Um, All right. My verse is um, from Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that is parenting. It's always, (laughs) always need. (laughs) And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Always will. Always will. Yep. Amen. Pray for us. Pray for you. you. God bless. God bless.